Investor Schooling is an education company located in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. Investor Schooling, the principals or their employees, are not licensed by any regulatory institution. Phil Falcone and Larry Steinhaus are not registered reps of any investment firm, nor do they sell any securities. Their advice is based on their experiences and the experiences of their students. They are not attorneys or accountants, and before using any of their advice, they suggest you check with your legal or tax professionals. To find out more, go to www.investorschooling.com. This show is previously recorded. Now, let's welcome Larry Steinhaus and Phil Falcone, your hosts for Investor Schooling Live. Good afternoon and welcome to Investor Schooling Live. Coming to you from Investor Schooling Headquarters. I'm Phil Falcone here with my business partner, Larry Steinhouse. We are the founders of Investor Schooling. Get ready to learn real estate investing and stock option trading. Call us anytime during the show with your questions at 855-939-1137. That's 855-939-1137. That's right, we're a live program. So you can call us anytime during the show, and we'll take your calls. Don't even worry about what we're talking about, because we don't care. We want to talk to you. Right? Investor Schooling is located in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, serving the Philadelphia area in a real brick-and-mortar building. We are local guys, accessible to our students, a minimum of two nights per week. Learn this business, the business of real estate investing and stock option trading from people who live it every day. Today, what are we going to be talking about? Is health more important than wealth? I have been chasing flood zone since Hurricane Ida. We're going to talk about that. What is your favorite way to buy houses? What is the reason less than 5% of Americans are rich? What is a 1031 exchange? What is the Mao formula? What is the quick buying guide? Jeez, there's a lot of topics on here. Do you really make money when you buy? How easy is it to raise private money? And then we're going to finish the show with the semi-crazy and very good at predicting stock options, Sultan. So did you really say that, did you really say that we're going to be talking about the Mao formula? Yeah. So that we're know, going to be talking about communism. Yeah, but clearly everything that we talk about nowadays is communism because that's what's going on in this country. It is pure communism. Hey, you know, don't forget to tax the rich. Tax everybody who makes six hundred dollars or more. Have you seen that? Yeah, sure. That is amazing, right? $600 or more. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? I have to tell you that it's actually not as bad as that sounds because they're not really taxing everyone. You're supposed to be taxing everything you make over $600, but now they want to give the government a way to find the $600 that you haven't been claiming. That's what it really comes down to. What do you want to talk about first? Oh, you want to you want to talk about this house I was just talking about? Yeah, you were just talking about a house. It's pretty cool. I, I like the idea. Let's do it. But Pedro doesn't want it. No, Pedro doesn't want it. So Pedro, our producer, doesn't want this house, and I don't understand why he doesn't want it. I was actually really listening to it intently, and then we had to start the show. So I might want it. You know, I never um, said I didn't want it. <laughs> All right. So yeah, so we buy houses. Yeah, you know that that actually brings me to something too that we just talked about. So a lot of people, a lot of real estate investors, they're buying properties and they're renovating them and they renovate it themselves. I realize that's not one of our topics. But I'm going to ask you, what do you think of the idea of a real estate investor renovating a property by themselves? Tell you what, I, I know this guy. I met him playing basketball with him at uh, LA Fitness in Warrington. And I met him years ago. And what he does is he is a realtor. He uses his own money. He buys a house, and he fixes it completely himself. And sometimes he'll spend, like, he spent, he bought a house right on my street. And worked on it for a year almost by himself, right? 
But if you think about it, he made like 125 grand. And he's got no stress. He goes to work when he wants to work, I guess. Sure. He can take off any day. doesn't have a boss. Nobody giving him a hard time. It's not a bad gig. I don't know. I, I kind of believe that if you're really in this business, you should hire a crew or you should hire a contractor just so you're not using your own time to renovate the properties. I think your own time is worth more than you're paying these these people. That's all. I just well, yeah. I, I agree with you, okay? It's it's not the strategy that I'm imploring. However, I did do it once on this uh, house on Street Road that I bought. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and it was, uh, it was actually enjoyable for me. I didn't mind going there at all. Yeah, I remember the first two or three properties I bought, I completely renovated myself, like with no help, to the point where I gutted one over a weekend where I told it I was gotten gotten the uh, the only bathroom and it's very funny you talk about being young and stupid but you do realize that you know you, you say you're going to gut a bathroom in a weekend what do you think is going to happen uh you're going to be going to the bathroom in a bucket yeah that's true and also if i'm not done at the end of the weekend then what yeah you got a little problem yeah and that's pretty much what happened <laughs> <clears throat> uh, well, i once i i bought this duplex second property i ever bought was a duplex and the sewer pipe was PVC, right? And I had two tenants living upstairs. And I figured it's not going to take me that long to, to cut the pipe with a circular saw right. and put in the piece that connects the pipe and put a cap on the sure. part that's going to be for my bathroom. So I literally didn't even knock on the tenants' doors and tell them. Oh, that's a, what do they call that? A, uh, <clears throat> uh, I can't use the word ass, so I'll just say crappy thing to happen, huh? Yeah, it was kind of like a Niagara Falls experience, you know? <laughs> so I literally got out my circular saw. I cut the sewer pipe on the top. I cut it on the bottom. I threw out the piece. I put the T right in there. The T already had the uh, screwed-on cap in there. And, I and you know, you just put the glue around the PVC yeah, sure. and done. I did it in, like, uh, three, four minutes. And nothing happened, huh? Nothing happened. So I, <laughs> I actually had the opposite happen to me. <laughs> Where I was working, I was digging up uh, a pipe in the ground to replace to replace a to actually connect another pipe from another building that I was had on the on a uh, big property I had. So I, I was putting a bathroom in another property that had no bathroom, uh, another building that had no bathroom on the property, and I was connecting the pipe. And sure enough, where I connected the pipe, I just figured out I just cut it. And sure enough, what goes by was pretty ugly. I bet. Yeah. Hey, by the way, if you guys if you guys want to call and talk to us about anything, 855-939-1137. We were just talking about some properties. 855-939-1137. And you could call and talk to us about anything you want. 855-939-1137. All right, Phil. You missed it. You, were, you weren't here two weeks ago. And then last week we did a repeat because we had a scheduling conflict. What did I miss two weeks ago? Paul called in, and he just took over the show. So Paul, Paul, our marketing director, called in and took over the show. If you haven't heard that show, go back and listen to it. It was absolutely hysterical. I, I'll just have to listen to this show that's absolutely hysterical. So this same house that I cut the sewer pipe with, right, <laughs> I was getting a little bit of a puddle when it rained into the basement. And I, was, I moved into the basement, so it had a, two floors upstairs. But the basement already had a man door on it. And uh, I was turning the basement. I was going to live in the basement for free and collect all the extra cash flow from the tenants upstairs. That's great. And uh, I wanted to put in a sump pump because I knew water was coming into that spot, right? So my plan was I had to bust a hole through the concrete floor of the basement. So I did it myself, like with a sledgehammer, beating on that thing until it, it broke apart, right? And what my plan was I was going to 
put something in there or or put mortar all around and put a cage around it and make like a real sump pump. But I noticed that once I broke through the floor, which was about three inches thick, once I broke through the basement floor, I noticed that the water would just go into below the floor and dissipate. And I said, well, problem solved. So I built a little wooden box with a handle on the top of it, painted it white, slid it over the hole, and that's how I solved the water problem in the basement. I like it. I probably destroyed the structural integrity of the entire basement floor. But you're no longer on the property, so what do you care? Right, I saw it. All right. So, yeah, if you if you uh, if you want to call in 855-939-1137, obviously we need something to talk about. 855-939-1137. Where do you want to go? We got like 14 tops. I know, so pick one. Um how easy is it to raise money? Oh, my goodness. It's an easy it's an easy topic. Why don't we talk about it? Okay, it's very easy. A little more detail, please. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we talk about this all the time. One of the first things you need to understand, and it's funny because we have this all the time when students come in, how can I invest in real estate if I have no money? Well, I will tell you flat out that you will be able to find money if you have a good real estate deal. The question is where? So where is anybody you know? will be able to help you with money. Now, look, understand that I was very clear on what I just said, which is if you have a good real estate deal. I mean, it happens quite often that somebody goes, I could buy my neighbor's property, it's worth $100,000, and he'll take $90,000 for it. That's not a good deal. The property's worth $90,000. If you could buy a neighbor's property for that's worth $100,000, for $50,000, it'll be very easy to find the money. That's the difference. So don't ever get don't ever get in a situation where you think you can't find money. You will find it. So the first thing you need to do is start looking for properties. When you find a property, you will find the money. And what is the first thing you need to do when you get a, find a property, Phil? What's the first thing you need to do? Yeah. Find the property. No, no. After that, after you find the property and talk to the owner. Well, that's the second thing you need to do. And then, talk to the owner. And then what? And then the third thing you do is you get it under contract. Okay, fine. That was what I was saying. Phil said get it under contract. That's what I was trying to get to. You need to get the property under contract. Don't ever go to a, 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 a an investor who's going to help you with it and say, yeah, this is property I might kind of sort of could get, maybe kind of sort of, if I kind of sort of could get it, could you kind of sort of lend me money? Don't ever go to a realtor to help you either. <laughs> Somebody asked that on Facebook right now. Yeah, did they? Yeah, they said, is there any situation in which you would buy a place through a real estate agent? Well, I have bought properties from real estate agents. And, and so have I, by the way. Right. And um, and I have found a property here and there on the MLS, but it's very, very rare. I'd say 5% of the houses I bought were off the MLS. Very little. Yeah, usually we're, we're out trying to find our own properties. We're trying to find properties that are not for sale. Because usually if they're for sale on the MLS, it means that everybody's out there looking at them. And they're either not, if they haven't been sold yet, they're probably not a good deal. Or if they are a good deal, then everyone's fighting over it. So we try to find the properties before they get on the MLS. There was a time, and it was probably about five years ago, six years ago, when properties weren't so hot that I was finding a lot of stuff on the MLS. I bought seven properties one year off the MLS. I think it was like six or seven years ago. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. And it, they would just, I actually did a search that would automatically come up for anything that met my criteria, townhouse under $90,000. And uh, and every time that came up, it was two bedrooms. It had to be a minimum of, of two bedrooms, under $90,000. under. And uh, if I found it, boom, I'd well, go make an offer on it. Most of the time when I've bought a house from a realtor, it came from... Setting up searches, I am a real estate agent, so I would set up 
searches for myself in, say, the town I live in, in Warminster, and whatever comes up for sale there it would pop up on my, on my email feed. Mm -hmm. And when I found one that I thought might have potential, I would jump all over it, but uh, it, it's very rare. Better, best deals you're going to find in your life are the deals that nobody else knows is for sale. I absolutely agree. Absolutely. And you, and you will be able to find the money. I'm telling you, you'll be able to find it. All right, where are we going to go next? Uh, let's see. Do you really make money when you buy? You, you know, your, your tone right now reminds me of the show that's on before us. Uh, who's, who's the show that's on before us? You know who it is. <laughs> Actually, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> is it the? Um, it's good news in real estate. Oh no, they're they're way before us. The, no, they were um, right before us, they're, I think. No, they're not. They're, they're on at eight o'clock in the morning. No, no, they're right before us. <laughs> you sound like you've been hanging around Mark Harmelin today. The show before us was the Crash Proof Retirement. Show, was it? I think yes. <laughs> no, I <don't> think so. <laughs> hey Mark, if you're out there listening, we love you. That's why I'm making fun of you. Hey Mark, I'm not making fun of you. Hey Mark, I'm making fun of you. <laughs> okay. So what about you? Do you want to talk about anything, or do you just want to talk about me? I want to talk about you, Phil. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Let's do it. Let's talk about your shirt. Yeah, sure. So Phil, ha so last year, Phil bought 10? Was it last year? 10? Uh, yeah. Or was it two years ago? Uh, this time I bought 12. Right. So two. I think it was two years ago, Phil bought... Where the heck's the camera? Phil, yeah, so you can show the camera. Okay, stand up. Because, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't... He knows he can adjust the camera, but he doesn't... Know how to adjust the camera? Apparently, that good. I don't know. He's not. He's obviously not putting you on the camera. Hey, uh, in case you didn't know, there you go. There it is. Okay, it's just it's just a delay. There you, you go. You know okay. it is delayed, right? I know it there. is delayed. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Can so you see the so that's Phil's shirt. Phil. So I know. Right. Can you see but, the picture of Phil on Phil's shirt? Can you see that? Well, hold on. You got to remember, we got people on the radio too. So let me explain what's going on first before you before you go into the, what's on the shirt. Okay. So Phil has a shirt that says "I buy houses," and about two years ago, he bought a bunch of them, and he said one day he's going to make money because it was like sixteen dollars or something per shirt or for all of them. Sixteen dollars a shirt. A shirt. Okay. So sixteen dollars a shirt. He said one day he's going to make money. He's going to say this is the best form of advertising ever, and a year something went by. He wore the shirt every day, and sure enough, he never had a house bought from him. Until, oh, he never bought a house, until recently, right? Until Hurricane Ida. So what happened was, this guy had called me. Um, we knew each other from the gym, actually. So we first started talking about it, because I was wearing the shirts at the gym. And then they didn't sell me their house until Hurricane Ida hit. But when Hurricane Ida flooded their house, that's when they finally called me. But the initial contact came from me wearing the shirt at the gym. So they knew I was in the business. My car was in the parking lot all the time, which is a wrapped car. But they knew I was in the business because of these silly T-shirts. So this $16 shirt, uh, I, it's hard to predict how much I'm going to make off of this house. But I feel like it's going to be a minimum of 50 maybe a maximum of 100 Right? That's awesome. So... Call it seventy-five grand. So a sixteen-dollar shirt is turning into seventy-five thousand. So now Phil went out and bought ten more or twelve more. Twelve more. Right. So every day Phil wears this shirt again. So I, right. And I what I also did with the shirt is this shirt is an infinity shirt. Yes, it's so, an infinity shirt. So if you so again, if you're on the radio, you can't see the shirt, but right. if you're on Facebook Live, you can see it. So on this shirt is a picture of me standing in front of my I buy houses store wearing this shirt. 
And on that shirt is a picture of me wearing a shirt, which has a picture of me wearing a shirt. So on and so forth. And that shirt is the same shirt you're wearing. No, it's actually a little different. Well, I was going to say, it couldn't be, because how could you be wearing the shirt while you took the picture if you were wearing the shirt? <laughs> the other shirt had the picture of the trailer oh, out in front okay. of the store. Okay. This one has some black truck right. and my red car. Gotcha. That's interesting. Which, you know, I uh, had a buyer today looking at my red car, right? and the top didn't open. Uh-oh. Do you know anything about that? No, I actually don't. No, hmm. seriously, no. Did you put the top down when you were driving it? I don't think I did, no. You don't think... You, what do you... Pedro, when someone says, I don't think I did, doesn't that, like, The last time I drove that car, I just drove yes. it home, and it was cold, so I didn't, so I didn't. But I may have put it down at one point, who knows. All right, anyway, we're talking about... They're asking you if you gave your car away, and the, and the answer is go to winfieldscar.com and check out the rules. Oh, it ended yesterday. That ended yesterday. I don't think we gave the car away. I don't think anybody qualified. So all you have to do now is get in a time machine and go back. Or just offer Phil what he wants for the car. All right, 855-939-1137. Somebody rescue us. 855-939-1137. 855-939-1137. Come on, we got some fans out there. Give us a call. Tell us how much you usually like the show. And Linda said she didn't put, the, she didn't put it down either. She didn't put what down? To the top on your car. She didn't put it down either? Yeah. Well, I believe her. I, 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 but me and Pedro don't believe you. Hey, it don't matter to yeah, me. I don't I, believe you. If your car's broken, hey, hey, listen. The only reason nobody won Phil's car is because cars, Phil's car's broken. So my car, my car could have been sold today, but apparently the top didn't go down. <laughs> you weren't selling which it ruined, today. Anyway. Which ruined my sale. Were you trying to sell it? Yeah. Today? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. To somebody you know. Uh, well, we'll talk about that later. All right, anyway, what else is going on? What else are we going to talk about? Well, uh, what kind of interesting ideas are popping through your brain these days? Do you have anything to offer? Interesting ideas popping in my brain? Yeah, let, let's imagine that for one day right. of your life, you actually came up with a topic to talk about. On the okay, first show. of all, I come up with a topic every single day on my other show called Money Chat Now. So every single day, I talk about at least six topics in a half an hour really, really fast. Well, good. So then you should have no problem coming up with a topic for this show. Well, I, you've got six topics, ten topics here. Pick, pick one you want to talk about. Uh, what is your favorite way to buy a house? <laughs> My favorite way to buy a house is subject to... Is health more important than wealth? Health is more important than wealth. Is it? Yes. Then why do you eat all those donuts? <laughs> <laughs> now that was funny. <laughs> you set me up perfectly for that one too. <laughs> Why do you ask me to bring you a sourdough breakfast sandwich with 850 calories? It's 750 calories, and I told you not to bring it to me anymore. I always order extra bacon. So hold on, Phil. Phil, Phil online is asking why we should use trust. Do we want to talk about that? Sure. Let's talk about that. Okay. Hey, Phil, you know, you can call in and you can ask us a question by going to 855-939-1137. My guess is you probably have a phone and it probably works. 855-939-1137. But I'll start to answer your question. If you want to call and ask more questions about your questions, feel, feel free to. So we prefer to use trust because it is. it has so many more benefits over, first of all, being in your own name. Putting a property in your own name is so problematic 
because of liability issues. Also, people will know who you are, what your net worth is by guessing how many properties you have because they can look it on the MLS. Then there's the other logic, which is, hey, let's put the property in the LLC, which is a better idea. It definitely removes some liability, emotional liability from you. And it also, the only problem with LLCs, two things. One is if you put all your properties in the same LLC, it's almost the same as owning it because there's no more anonymity. And if one property gets sued, the other properties are liable. In other words, you, you, you can lose the other properties in the lawsuit if you get sued by one, for one property. The other problem is uh, the members of the LLC can be found where the members of a trust cannot be found. So I really like trusts. I actually make the beneficiaries of my trust my LLC. So I actually get benefits of both. So let's talk about uh, some interworkings of the trust. Sure. So you can block off the section that says a beneficiary. Correct. What do you also black out the part where you're signing it? So, uh, signing is what trustee or? Well, because you have to sign as a trustee, you can't not sign. And if the beneficiaries and the depends on which trust you're using, but the one that I like to use has the. Signature area has a percentage as well. Do mm -hmm. you block out that portion when you hand it to a so, bank? So for the example? trustee, the, you can't block out the trustee. You can only. So what you're talking about is redacting. So you, you can't. You, yeah, you can't. Well, you can't. I don't actually redact them because when you redact the names, they then want to know what's underneath the redaction. Right. Where right. if you white it out, they don't know that it's right. actually supposed well, to be. Well, it's, it's actually still. <laughs> It's actually still called redaction, but it's just a different way of redaction. Yeah. I, I get it, though. So real quick, so we have a call, but let me, before before we go there, I just want to answer the question. Uh, you can't redact the trustee. You can only redact the beneficiary because the trustee is the person who's signing to buy or purchase the property or right. get so the loan to the property. Leave the trustee's name's on the front right. page anyway. Right, right, okay. exactly, right. So that's fine. And some, Do you actually ask the title company not to list the trustee's name on the public records? I asked them to, but I've also noticed that they haven't lately. Like, even when I don't ask them. Do you ask for dollar deeds? I, yeah, I ask for what's called a nominal deed. Yeah. And they put a nominal deed. And there's a reason for that, too. I also don't want them to know how much I pay for the property. I don't of want course. the. There's a very I, good reason yeah, for that. Yeah. The, the, the really, another good reason is the seller who sold it to me, I don't want their family finding out that they sold me the property for any number, for any number of reasons. It could be anything from I pay too much or I pay too little, and, they, and I don't want the, the blowback from that either. Of course, it's so easy to, to, to assume that uh, giving away, ma making it public information, what you pay for a property. Right. Uh, if I knew you paid two hundred twenty-five grand for a property and maybe I got wind that you were in trouble somehow in your business, mm -hmm. I could go and offer you two hundred thirty-five grand, knowing that that would right. actually... If you're really in trouble, knowing I've got you raked over the coals. And you can actually find out how much the person paid for it, just not as easily. I know. So, so real quick, we got Tina and King of Prussia. What's going on, Tina? What, do you, what can we do for you? Hey, um, so I'm in the process of uh, buying a house like with my son to help him get a jump start. And as I'm just researching, we signed a, the agreement, but it's not executed yet by the seller. So I came across what is uh, buyer's rebate. I don't know anything about that. When I'm you say buyer's rebate, do, wait, when you say buyer's rebate, do you mean you mean uh, uh, um, seller assist? No, uh, like a, a commission uh, or a percentage back at the end of okay. settlement. Uh, okay, so commission or something. So is this is this is this a new construction? No. 
So who who is giving now, a buyer's rebate? Well, I think it uh, comes from a lender, or 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 you have to inform the lender about it, and uh, where the commissions are split, then then there's a, a commission rebate. Like there's well, what you're saying is illegal, but but there there's legal ways to do it. So I'm not quite sure if you know what what it is enough to explain it to me. Well, it says that there's 40 42 states that um, do um, accept that that uh, the commissions and usually lenders uh, supposed to inform you of it. I was just never the first time I came across about reading this. So let me let me just uh, share with you a couple of thoughts. So you're trying to help your son out. Okay. What do you mean? You're going to be co-signing for it? Is that what you well, mean? Well, because, well, I think yes that that's just a separate issue. Okay, yeah. so, uh, for him yes, to come that's, down, what, you're, you know, that's what you're thinking of doing, right? Right, right. Okay, I would advise you to be very careful about that. Uh, I was just oh. talking about this last week. I mean, when I was when I bought my second investment property when I was only 24 years old, my father co-signed for me. And uh, it took me 18 years to get my father's name off of that loan. I think if you were trying to help your son out, a better way would be to buy the property yourself and rent it to your son mm-hmm. or, or bequeath it to your son down the road or have your son pay you to uh, sell him half the house. There's other ways to do it, but uh, I don't think that you signing as a co-signer is uh, a very or, what, advantageous for you. Yeah, well, that I was going to say. Is or, if or, she's joint uh, owner, it's, it helps. But then again, now, now, so now you have your son who, who – is your son married? No. Is your son married? No. no. Okay, so your son yeah, might get married, and and he might. You, this is this is a really tough situation because there's so many things that could go wrong here. You know, your son could get married, know, and his, and, and his wife says, "Hey, why is your mother on the property?" And then something happens to your son, God forbid, right? And now she's your partner. There's so many things you need to take into consideration when you do something like that. That people just think, "Hey, I'm just going to help my yeah. son out." When when I would almost imagine that your son, right. if your son has a decent job, makes a decent amount of money. There's other ways to get him to qualify for the loan, um, but there's so many questions I would have to ask you in order to be able to figure this out. And some of it's personal; you it. probably don't want to talk about it on the air. Uh, you might want to, mm-hmm. uh, honestly, you you know, you might want to just pop into our school on Thursday and grab Phil or I aside, and we'll talk right. about it in in person. So you could yeah, go. Actually, you yeah, could go, and anybody um, else. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, I'm. Uh, he he and I are been wanting to join one of the, the Thursdays. Uh, it's a, just coordinating his schedule. But, yeah, there are those other issues. Like, thank goodness he is single, and I just thought it would be okay that, you know, we both buy it together just to get him that first-time buyer jump start, you know, because of the yeah. pricing on the houses today and not sure. having maybe eighty grand to put down. So I would put more than that down to help him with that mortgage so it's not 2000 a month. And then down the road, a couple of years, now he made the equity, you know, and then he would just return my capital. Oh, boy. You I'm haven't thought this out at all, have you? Yeah, you haven't thought oh, this okay. out at all. Because, he, yeah, there's, there's so many pieces. <laughs> First of all, you're assuming the property is going to keep going up. You're going to assume that he can get that $80,000 back out or whatever the money is back out. You, 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 you can't right. make those assumptions. You ha- First of all, I'm going to give you this a lesson. That you that that everyone listening should li- should, should do. Uh, 
if you ever lend anyone money that's not collateralized, in other words, if you lend somebody money to buy a car, like Phil's car, if you lend somebody to buy Phil's car and it's not collateralized, don't ever expect to get it back. Because if you expect to get it back, now you've yeah. ruined your friendship you've, and you've, you're, uh, you're in big trouble. So now all of a yeah. sudden, you've I got your son. Know, because it's my son, I don't yeah. really, I'm, yeah. I know, I just want to help him out, nothing more. Right. Yeah. So yeah. let you, let your, what are you, you want, I'm telling you, you want to know the best way to help your son? Let him figure it out. Go ahead. Let him figure it out. <laughs> Not help him out. Let him figure it out. Yeah. Because he's an adult. And yeah. as an adult, he'll be able to figure these problems out and he'll be able to learn from these problems and he'll make more, he'll make well, better decisions. Where could he learn about making good well, investment he, he, decisions? He could go, yeah. You obviously go to investorschooling.com and he can learn that. But, but, but learning, but learning <laughs> yeah. how to buy a property and learning how to, how to figure out, you know, like, look, everybody's got their, everybody's going to have a problem. It's the greatest way to learn how to, to pay your mortgage when you're, when you lose your job. Have a mortgage to pay. You know, yeah. this, this business, yeah. you have to invest some time into learning ago. it. You have to either read books or go to meetings or go to a place like Investor Schooling mm -hmm. where we can teach you how to do real estate investing, yeah. how to buy your first house, how to buy your next house, how yeah. to buy the following houses. Yeah. And when you learn how to do it, yeah. your son might end up becoming a very wealthy man because yeah. of that very simple decision of showing right. up here. Or somewhere. Right. I think, like, right now we're looking at it like, oh, this is his only option is, you know, jump in and then buy the, be a homeowner and, you know, you have your first start with someone helping you. But that's just only one option that we know of. But Larry bought his first I, house I, when I he was 18 years old. I bought my first house when I was 23. Yeah. And look at us now. And, and my uh, first house when I was 18 years old, you exactly. want to know, know how much my, my mother helped me? You ready? I she know, actually you're said. You're gonna say zero. No, no. Wait. I'm gonna. I'm, I don't know what's going on with the headphones either. Uh, this is what she actually said. She goes, "What's wrong with you? You're gonna buy an investment property? You crazy? <laughs> don't you know tenants don't pay? They're gonna wreck the house. What's wrong with you? You're an idiot. Don't do that. Go get a real job. Blah blah. blah. That's, that's how much my mother helped me. Okay. So my my dad was happy to help me. Fuck yeah. He was, my father was very happy to help me, and he co-signed for a loan with me, and then. Over the years, he probably asked me four or five times to get his name off of that loan, and I simply could not do mm -hmm. it. The bank would not remove my father's mm -hmm. name, and I ultimately believe the, what I ultimately did is I just sold the building after like 18 years, and I just sold the building, mm -hmm. I took some profit, and that's how I got my dad's name off of it. Right, I'll tell you what, we're going to go to a commercial right now, and Gary, hang out on the line. We're having a little yeah. bit of technical difficulties, so we're going to yeah. go to commercial right now. And, uh, and Tina, thank you for calling, sure. and we're going to hold Gary off on this side and uh, play that commercial. Hi, I'm Phil Falcone from Investorschooling.com. I'm inviting you to a complimentary class in Langhorn this Thursday night at 7 p.m. I will teach you how to buy ugly houses and make them beautiful. As a bonus, we will also teach you stock option investing. So get your butt to this meeting, 7 p.m. this Thursday night, Langhorn, 215-876-3002, InvestorSchooling.com.
Hey, everybody, it's Larry Sinus from InvestorSchooling.com. You heard my partner, Phil Falcone, tell you why you should be there this Thursday night to learn about real estate investing and learn about stock options trading. We're telling you right now, you will make more money than you've ever made in your entire life if you learn these two skills. Be there this Thursday night at 7 o'clock in our Langhorn headquarters. Go to InvestorSchooling.com. Pull over right now. Take out your phone and go to InvestorSchooling.com. RSVP right now. InvestorSchooling.com. See you Thursday. Hi, I'm Phil Falcone from Executech Suites. We're an executive suite center in Huntington Valley on Buck Road, 67 Buck Road, Huntington Valley. I'm sure you've driven past it. We're right in between Street Road and County Line Road. We have 47 offices in the prestigious address of Huntington Valley. I have offices starting at $5.95 a month. You're probably wondering, Phil, what do I get for $5.95 a month? Let me tell you. You get an office big enough for one person. You get the furniture in that office. You get the telephone on the desk. You get the telephone numbers. You get the fax numbers. You get two full-time receptionists to answer the phone in the name of your company and patch the calls to you. So if your company's ABC Painting Company, hey, ABC Painting Company, how can I help you? Would you like to talk to Bob? Let me get him on the phone. You could be home sleeping on your couch and I'll patch the calls right to you. What else do we give you? We give you the conference rooms. We give you the kitchen. We give you the mailboxes, the printer, the copier, the scanner, UPS service, you name it. All of the utilities, cleaning service, and best of all, we give you free coffee. Get yourself to Executech Suites. Phone number is 215-942-7701. 215-942-7701, executexsuites.com. All right, welcome back to Investor Schooling Live. And uh, we, we worked out our technical difficulties, and the funny part was everybody on Facebook got to hear us yell at each other over the technical difficulties. So sorry about that, guys, on Facebook, but that's the way it is when you're doing a live show. Yeah, and I had suggested <laughs> that we discuss Pedro's future. It was <laughs> muted. Commercial break. Oh, it was muted? Oh, yeah, okay, it was didn't muted. Hear it. Okay, good. All right, cool. All right, excellent. So that was actually a cool call from Tina, and we got Gary on the line. Gary, what's going on, man? Hey, Dylan, Larry. Hey, Phil. Investor schooling is the best. That lady should get involved. My question is, on a bidding war, is it appropriate, let's just say, Larry, you put in the bid, and then Phil's, he's interested in the same property. Do I um, mention to Phil, say, hey, uh, Phil, Larry, just put a bid or just let it go? Well, if you're asking if I've ever been in a bidding war, the answer is no, because I was only 11 years old when Vietnam started. All right. Well, get serious for one minute. Oh boy, he couldn't wait to he couldn't wait to make that joke, Gary. That's all I got to tell you. Oh, it's it was, okay. Yeah, I don't yeah, know how like you it. put up with him. I don't know how you put up with him, Larry. But um, let's just let's just hope this property that I've been trying to sell for a while. You know about it. You've been very instrumental. I figure. Let me call you because they're is it, coming is this back. The ice this cream week. store. Yes, you know that. Come on. Well, why don't you just call the guy with the money? That's me. There you go. Well, so listen, you had your opportunity a long time ago. I've been calling here over a year. Larry will tell you I'm your best caller. <laughs> All right. What's going on, Gag? Tell us so we can help you because, you know, this show's yeah. only an hour long, and, and, yeah. and conversations with you are usually yeah. three or four. 
I know that. I know that. Um, I'm just trying to anticipate this week coming up. Somebody comes in and puts a bid. I'm going to tell them, I got to think about it. I'll get back to you. I go over to my neighbor who's highly interested because his neighbor, he'll buy him his property. It'll be a win-win. I said, look, Larry is interested. I'm not going to tell them the amount. I'm just going to say, this is your opportunity. Make a decision. Is that right or wrong? It's right and wrong because here's where it's right. It's right, hey, you're trying to push the guy to make a decision. Here's where it's wrong. You're trying to push the guy to make a decision. And and basically, Gary, if you well, said that to me, I go, all right, well, don't worry about it. If it doesn't sell, get back to me. Let me know, and I'm done. I'm walking away. Uh, Just the way here, you said it. Here's my opinion. I think it's wrong if you're selling it to Larry, but it's right if you're selling it to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Phil, Look, Phil, you can, show me the money. Yeah. Show me the money and the contract. Okay. Well, uh how do I get in touch with you? Well, he'll, he'll, call, he'll call you during the week, believe me. He'll call me during the show. <laughs> call, Larry. call Larry. He'll tell you everything. Larry's not going to share the number with me because he wants oh, to no, buy no, it. No, I will. I, no, no, Gary. I'll share Phil's number with you. That's what <laughs> I'm really going to do. <laughs> well, Uh-oh. This is what happens, this is what happens when you're so public about your private, private information that you can find it really easy on the net. Then you got guys like Gary calling me every single day asking me how to how to sell his property, but he's a good guy. I like him. Well, listen, hopefully next week I call you and I have better news. Keep up the good work. Let's go investor schooling. That's the end of it. Bye-bye. Show up Thursday. Take care, Gary. All right. All right. Where were we now, Phil? <laughs> I don't know. When, whenever Gary calls, I, I just get confused for about five minutes. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I, I don't know, man, but, but I got to tell you, the bidding word joke, that was good. You Thank were hold, you. You were holding on that for a while. Uh, you know, a couple minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. You you are listening to two professionals on the radio this, today. There's yeah. no doubt we are professionals. And if you want to call in and tell us how professional we are, eight five five nine three nine eleven thirty seven eight five five nine three nine eleven thirty seven. Wait a and minute. We'll be sure Larry. to answer your questions about anything. Who's Wait that? a minute. Wait a minute. Are you telling me, Phil, that you made that joke up on the spur of the moment? You didn't write that days beforehand? I, I don't believe it. <laughs> How would I know that I don't Gary believe was going to call? <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. <clears throat> so for you guys who don't know who that is, that is the voice of our producer, Glenn Page, at WPHT. He thinks he can just interrupt our show anytime and just make a, make a statement like that. Man, everybody had, wants had, to be on the radio. I had to make that one. <laughs> uh, no, that's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, have to bust, we have to bust your chops. What can I tell you? We got Pedro, we got Glenn, we got Phil, and we got Larry. Yeah, we got some, we got some technical problems and some mental problems around here. Yeah. <laughs> most of the technical problems are in the, in the producer rooms, and most of the mental problems yeah. are in the studio. <clears throat> the radio business is unusual. That's for sure. So... When's the last time that you have acquired a property way under market value? The last time? Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. It was okay. uh, two probably, weeks ago. Probably, yeah, you got one two weeks ago. That's Good. Right, Tell us the story. Let's you know hear what, Pedro? It. Why don't we, why don't we, yeah, your story is more recent than my story. And it's an example of that the fact that you still can buy properties under, under value. What would you like to know? Tell us the story. All right. I acquired a property for 
It was uh, $15,000. The house is worth between two thirty and two fifty, two hundred and thirty thousand and two hundred fifty thousand, and uh, I left closing with ten thousand dollars a check in my pocket. Wait, you bought a property for fifteen thousand? Correct. And you got a property, and you got a check for ten thousand. You left the property. Wait, was this a wholesale deal or was this? No, this is a subject. So to... you own the property. Oh, okay, that's why you came with. Okay, now I understand. Okay. So it was a subject to deal. Mm-hmm. You put fifteen grand into the deal. You walked out with a ten thousand dollar check. Correct. Right, and but you have a loan on the property for how much? One twenty. Right, and how much is the property worth? About two fifty. Okay, so yeah, so you walked away with a hundred thousand dollars plus in equity. That's fantastic. Correct. That's awesome. And I have another one coming up soon. I know. And would you learn how to do that? This little crazy place, and uh, it's some. It's like uh, investors, investors, <laughs> schooling for investment. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody shoot him. <laughs> did that did that lead come from the car that you were driving? No comment. <laughs> yeah, so Pedro is driving a car that says I buy houses on it. Yeah. That I lent him because, you know, he had a, he has a new baby and I thought the car was safer than his car at the time. Now he's got another new car, but that's fine. But at the time when he first had the baby, I lent him my car and he's driving around my car. And he makes $100,000 in equity off of my car that says I buy houses. Well, if I were you, I would change the phone number on that car right away. Well, the phone number is my phone number. The problem is that <laughs> the guy knocked on his window. Yeah, okay. This car. this story has changed like six times. First it was he knocked on my window, then the other one well, was... What was it? You told me. I, t- I told you I was walking out of the supermarket, oh, and the guy was behind me. He seen me get in the car. He's like, uh, okay, but hey, what are you doing? Let's just confirm this. The lead came from the car. No comment. <laughs> All right. We got we got John and Limerick on the phone. What's going on, John? Hey, how you guys doing? All right. Hey, you want to speak for me? Yeah, you want me to pick up? It'd be better, yeah. I just want to make sure it was you, not us. Is that, is that is that better? Yeah, that's better, sure. Hey, so I have a few different properties. I have a, a duplex, and then we have a, a rental that we do up in the Poconos, and we just purchased a um, a property down in Brigantine that we're renting out. And none of these are on, on trusts or in trusts. Is there a way that I can switch them over? So are they in your name or are they in an LLC? They are in my name. They're in your name? Okay, that's good. That's actually the better answer. Yeah, you can immediately put them into a trust. You can immediately put them into a trust. Now, uh, at Investor Schooling, we have sample trust documents that we could share with you if you're a student. Uh, But you you can always have an attorney write up a trust if you'd like to. But you want to make sure it's a revocable trust. In other words, the trust can be changed, revocable. And you want to make sure that, that now, well, that's changed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What okay. happens if um, what what? Now I have mortgages on them. Is the mortgage company going to have a problem with the ownership changing, or is the ownership actually not changing? It's not at all. Here's the cool part: the there's actually a law. It's actually uh, was written the Garn Saint Germain Act of 1983 says that if you take a property and you put it into a trust and you remain the beneficial interest, in this case you would. You remain the beneficial interest of the trust. They cannot trigger the alienation clause, otherwise known as the due on sale clause. Boom. I see. Now the one, gr- the one property um, we have, 
Yeah, I, I think I'm going to need to look into that. The one property I actually have, we put our daughters on the deed because we wanted them to be a member of the homeowners association, so they could have access to all the you know amenities they offer without being a guest. Is that going okay, to be an issue done, at you all? Could that, you could done that as a you could done that as a tenant too, but that's fine. Yeah, we we only put them on for one percent. I I don't know why. Maybe I should have thought differently of it, but it's done now. That, um, it's funny. Most people come to our school, and, so, and we often tell people that the cost of your first mistake will be a lot more than the cost of our school. So if you want to come to the school on Thursday, I, go to investorschooling.com, and you will learn how to not make these mistakes anymore. I'll give it some thought. It's just I'm working my business 60 to 65 hours a week because I can't get anyone to anyone to work. I'm in here working right now listening to you guys. So. Well, we could solve that problem too. Where you won't have to work every day. You well, could... we're we're in here working too, you know. Yeah, yeah, we're at work too. We're yeah, educating yeah, you don't the feel, world you don't about real estate investing and stock option trading. Yeah, we we you know we we like yeah. our job though. I, I <laughs> right. like my job too. I love it. Uh, All right, cool. All right, hey, thanks. All right, John. Hopefully, we'll see you in class. Let us know. Let us know when you come to class who you were. And we also have Ed. What's going on, Ed? Well, I also am a teacher, and I would like your opinions on some uh, esoteric aspects of the law. I look at it like from a mathematical perspective. Sometimes I even make up phrases like, I move for a motion to dismiss in anticipation of subroads of subject matter jurisdictional discrepancy. Don't tell anybody <laughs> what that means. That's but great. in history, the, uh, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm proud of my work. Uh, the King of England owed the this guy who was William Penn's father, a lot of money for the ships he gave him to fight France. Mm -hmm. And so the king didn't have any money, or maybe he had it, wanted, probably had it, didn't want to give it to him. So he gave him this deed, and that's how Pennsylvania became Pennsylvania, because of William Penn. Do you know anything about that? Hello? Uh I have no idea what you're so talking it, about, but you're a history. Are you a history teacher well, or a math teacher? What I'm saying is everything is is based on deeds and property uh, in Pennsylvania, right? But the, right. it all goes back to Pennsylvania was illegally given to William Penn's father in exchange for money that the king didn't want to pay him. But the the original deed is just like not even valid. It's called a fatal flaw in law. Okay, so now that we have this fatal flaw in law, do I own my property? Do you own your property? That's what I'm saying. It's all based on a, a fatal flaw in law as, as a term. So do you think so? so here's my question. If anybody, if maybe, maybe I'm Is the only one that ever thought of this. I don't know. Well, you know, I, I often think that you know that there are a whole bunch of problems in the world, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know that you can sleep tonight and not worry about that one <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I know, but you you sort of had an open-ended subject matter today, so I thought I, I would chime in. Yeah, you, you said you were right. a school teacher? We have an open-ended no, subject matter every I'm day because you just have to call and yes, we'll take yes. the calls. Wait, wait, but hold on, Ed, did you say you're, 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 you're a your school the, teacher? I taught at the Omega Institute and the different places like that. And, are you, are you uh, teaching now? Institute up in Boston. Do you no, teach retired. now? I'm old as. Oh, you retired? Oh, okay, no, okay. I'm old. Do you have a job at all now? I'm old. <laughs> no. Okay, all right. Well, I was just I... wondering because. 
I, I, the only reason I was wondering is because to... if you were a school teacher or a teacher and you had to wear a mask every day, that would explain that conversation. Uh, but I can't explain the conversation. You know, thank, right. Thank <laughs> you very much because I. that's one of the reasons I'm not interested in working anywhere because I couldn't participate in that uh, craziness. You know what I mean? Because a, a hey. lot of the things I taught were herbology and medical anthropology. And so I have a greater understanding of health that, that what's going on is not what everybody else thinks is going on. I, I totally agree with you. you. Know, I'm, wearing, I'm wearing a T-shirt right now that says masks don't work. But I do have to say, Ed, that no I am way. so I, – I, I really am, actually. I, I actually <laughs> and I'm wearing a T-shirt that says I buy houses. Right. Who's smarter? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Ed, you, so I, you know, you, you, you're proving to yes. us clearly – that that uh, PHT twelve ten has the demographic yes. that should have us on it, yeah. that should have retirement yeah. shows on it, and should also have you know ED on it, ED exactly. cures on it. Exactly. All right. And if <laughs> I joined you two, we'd be the great, perfect three stooges of uh, education. <laughs> well, you stop whoa, by. Whoa, 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 <laughs> I will. Stop by on Thursday and make bad jokes in the audience because yes, every once in a while I make bad jokes on stage and so does Phil. And we need somebody to show us up. See you oh, Thursday. Right. Take care, man. All right. Where are we? We got we got like not much more time left. But let's. You is, want that, to talk? is that English? <laughs> not much more time left. <laughs> After talking to Ed, that was better English <laughs> than he was talking. <laughs> Is the stock option Sultan in the bathroom? I think the stock option Sultan is confused by just today's show. Completely confused. What I do think, you think? I think today's show is fine. All right. I think it's I think it's fine too. All right. You're the one that suggested that we go away from the script and just be us. I know. So so you want to know if the stock option Sultan was in the bathroom? Yeah. I guess he was. All right, everybody, this is the Stock Options Sultan, and I am here to talk to you about what's going on in the stock market. What an awesome week we had in the stock market. It was great, actually. <laughs> the, stock, the stock market actually ended on Friday up 382 points after being up about 560 points a day before, and that's all because of great earnings. Yay! So that's a cool thing. The only thing is, I'm going to warn you guys, I still think we're heading into bad times in the stock market, so I might want to say that... You need to just be a little cautious on what you're doing. Uh, Facebook earnings are coming up at the end of the month, and Facebook continues to be beat down by these, uh, I don't know, these whistleblowers. And it turns out these are just disgruntled employees who are turning out to turning, figuring out ways that they could become famous and make money off of Facebook because Facebook either fired them or they didn't want to stay there. And it's bizarre. It's actually, it, it could turn out to be the next Cambridge Analytica problem for Facebook, where Facebook, I, I could see Facebook going into the 280s before they recover, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, first of all, we got earnings coming up on Facebook. It's going to come up at the, uh, at the end of the month, at 1025, actually. So that's in nine days. I, I might suggest that if you're in this, get ready to get out. So I was hoping for 350. 
I, I might just say 340. If if you're in it, 340, get out. Take your, take whatever money you got, even if it's a, a slight loss, just in case, because I think it's going to be blown up in earnings. On the other hand, I think Apple is going to go the opposite way. I think Apple's going to do really well in earnings. Apple has been sitting at one the 140s for a long time, and it shouldn't be. It really should be going up now. There's no reason for it. I know I've been saying it forever, <laughs> but I also believe it'll be at decent earnings, and it'll start moving up. Apple's a safe place for money. And that's why I like it. It's got a little dividend. It's a safe place for money. Gold is being beaten up. And gold is being beaten up by, guess what? You know what gold's being beaten up by? Bitcoin. Yeah, crypto. Absolutely. It's being killed by crypto. And Bitcoin, again, popped. It just hit 62000 again the other day. It's unbelievable what's going on with this stuff. It's just, it is so nuts. But what's going on with Bitcoin now is there's going to be an ETF, a Bitcoin ETF coming up. Which is going to be really interesting. So we we've been playing JNUG. Remember we've been we've been playing JNUG as a gold ETF, and we we lost our shirts on it. So Bitcoin will become the next gold ETF that we may or may not be into. I'll let you know. But I but I found that interesting that it's going to be the same the same sort of thing. And gold is just sitting here. It's seventeen and a half, a little over seventeen and a half, uh, and it's terrible that it's uh, I don't know. I mean, when I say seventeen and a half, I mean you know uh, one thousand seven hundred fifty. It's been sitting there for a while, and it's not good. I, I'm actually very surprised. I think gold should start to move up. It's just not. Eh, whatever. All right. You got anything you want me to look at? Because I got a couple of things here that we have been talking about during the week. Any particular one you want me to look at? Uh, how about Zoom? Zoom. So Zoom actually moved <laughs> up a little bit recently from its 250s. It actually it actually closed <clears throat> the other day. It closed at 266. And I think it moved up like 10 points in one day. Was it Friday or was it Thursday that moved up 10 points? I can't remember which. I think it must have been it must have been Thursday because it moved. Yeah, so Thursday moved up ten points from two fifty. I still think it's going down. I think it's probably going to hit the low twos, and then it might be a play. I, you know, this is kind of old news now. You know, Zoom made its play because nobody was allowed to go out of the house anymore because of, uh, you know, government overreach and the and the dictator. So now the dictators aren't being listened to anymore. Finally, finally, Americans are standing up for themselves. I can't believe it. I'm so happy to see that. I also would go into some of the gas companies like uh, Halliburton is a good one or Oxy is a good one. Halliburton hit a 52-week high the, on Friday. It hit a 52-week high. It hit 26. And what's cool about that, if I look over the full chart, you know, before before the uh, government overreach nightmare, it started, it was in the 40s. So I actually think Halliburton will probably go back to the 40s, 35 to 40 easily in the next uh, couple of months, easily. So that's a nice play if you want to play it. I, I might suggest... What I did, I might suggest covered calls every week on this thing. So when it drops down to twenty-five ish, you buy, you jump in, it, you buy it, buy the stock, sell the covered call, which just I just did it now. I sold the twenty-six covered call. This is the first time I ever sold a covered call when I had to sell the stock. The stock was taken from me. My covered call price, my strike price was twenty-six. I bought the stock for twenty-five. My strike price was twenty-six, and it finished at twenty-six oh one Friday, and they took the stock from me. For one cent. For one cent, which is fantastic because I sold the covered call for two dollars, so I made a lot of money. That was a nice. That was you know I made two dollars on on a on a uh, on a twenty six dollar covered call, which is pretty cool. All right, uh, what else? Also, Oxy would be the same kind of play, which is also a oil play. You have to understand, you know, this uh, three point five trillion dollar nonsense is going to make infrastructure stocks rock, and including oil stocks. I'm. Not, you do think they're going to get that passed? I don't think so. I actually think there's so many problems within their own party that they're going to have trouble passing it. 
So I would say it is what it is. Okay, you're at, we're out, we're out here in one minute, Phil. What do you think? You want to say you want to say hello to anybody? Yeah, I could say a couple of things. <clears throat> Let's thank our producer, Glenn Page. Yes, Glenn. Page. Glenn Page. <laughs> You've got thirty seconds now. <laughs> who came on our show and made comments all on his own? And Pedro for blasting out our headphones. Who did a great job of that today? You're welcome. We'll be talking about Pedro's future after the show. Right. If you're interested in being a sponsor on this show, just uh, email us at info at investorschooling.com, info at investorschooling.com. Don't forget to visit investorschooling.com for your free class this Thursday night at 7 o'clock. And what else do you want to say? Anything, Larry? We'll see you Thursday night. Go to investorschooling.com. RSVP right now. Pull over right now. Investorschooling.com. See you Thursday.